It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Whitney Lordson. As someone who is a self-professed obsessive pet parent, and that's a word that's a little bit contentious because I, I will use that that phrase colloquially with people of like, oh, I'm I'm a I'm a cat dad or a dog dad or a pet parent. And that activates some people who are like, you didn't actually birth them. You're you're their guardian. I don't know. For me, just using the word pet parent, I always just feel closer to my animals emotionally. Not like I need any additional emotional closeness, but anyway, as a cat dad, dog dad. I deal with many personalities in this household. There are a variety of different motivations and fears and anxieties and proclivities. And for anyone who may not be close to animals, when you spend years and years with a bunch of different animals, you realize that they have extremely distinct personalities and quirks and needs that are individual to them themselves. And right about this time of year, as we are recording this podcast and getting into early summer, Carly and I, Carly Miller-Hornick, our amazing guest here today, we're talking about 4th of July and the challenges with 4th of July here in Los Angeles where Whitney and I live. It's literally like a war zone around 4th of July. I mean, it's nonstop hours and hours of ballast and bombast and explosions and craziness and music. And it, for anyone, animal or human, who has a very sensitive nervous system, it's very difficult. So this year, I'm really, really excited to, with my French Bulldog, Bella, and all my cats, Figaro, Julius, Lynx, Claudia. I have a lot of animals, okay? They're all in the other room, but if I, if I were to open that door right now, they'd just come rushing in like a furry horde, like barbarians. And your CBD, Carly, you were so generous in providing some for Whitney and I to use not only in our human bodies, but with our companions. Evie is, is Whitney's dog, and it's been really interesting to see not only how the CBD has been affecting my body, but in particular, how it's been affecting emotionally and energetically my animals. And so I, I want to kick that off today because we were, we were talking about that beautiful picture of your boy Zeke in the background. And I'm so curious because all of us are animal lovers. We have many, many dedicated listeners that are also animal lovers. What is going on and what is it about, I suppose, animals and how they respond to the benefits of CBD. Because again, I'm super interested to see how this affects Bella during 4th of July. But to kick it off with you, Carly, here today, what is it about head and heel and, and your pet CBD? How does it affect them? Why is it beneficial? And do you get a lot of feedback from your customers saying it's really, really helped their animals? So yeah, I have a dog named Zeke. He was a rescue, came from like an abusive family. And so he was always very anxious, always barking out the window. He has issues with aggression towards other dogs. And so I was always looking for a way to help him. And I started giving him CBD for his anxiety three years ago. And not only did I see a vast improvement in his anxiety, but I saw fatty tumors on his body start to shrink. 
And as he's gotten older, he's now 12 years old and he has joint pain. I do see differences on days where he has CBD or doesn't have CBD and joint pain. And the pet stories I've always said are really my favorite stories. We actually got our start at Head and Heel because of a dog. One of our good friends had a pet French bulldog. Yeah, you have the French Frenchie, right? Yeah, so he had a, a pet French bulldog. It was the love of his life. Absolutely a pet dad. You know, had like a, the dog was a three-legged dog. <laughs> and he would carry it around everywhere and bring it around in a stroller. And the dog needed surgery. And after the surgery, the dog was not getting better. And the vet told him, listen, your dog only has two weeks to live you know, say your goodbyes. And I mean, this dog was his baby. And the dog wasn't growing hair back at the site where it had gotten its incision and it had just no energy, wasn't eating. And we're like, listen, just try some CBD. Like it can't hurt. It was when we were just getting started. Like we had our first bottles. And after a few days, he drove up to the farm, handed us a $100,000 check and said, start your business. Because the dog, hair started growing back, started acting like a puppy again, started eating again. And it extended, the dog has passed away, but she was an old girl, but it extended her life by many months. And that first $100,000 was what we used to get our extraction lab up and running. So pets are like at the center of what I've always had an obsession with dogs since I was very little. And the pet stories are always my favorite because humans, you know, sometimes we have placebo. We're not sure what we're feeling. But dogs, either they are not moving or not eating or not growing hair or they are having those things. And so a lot of people actually start with CBD because they're skeptical. They start by giving it to a pet and they see how impactful it was on their cat or dog. And then they're like, oh, maybe I should try this. But the reason that CBD works in both humans and pets is that we both have endocannabinoid systems, which are systems within our bodies, just like our vascular systems. That wasn't discovered until the 90s, our endocannabinoid systems, which is why most people don't know about it. It's not taught about in school. It's recently been discovered and is only recently being researched because hemp was illegal until 2018 in in the United States. So we have very limited research on both animals and humans on the effects of CBD. But over the past three years, the number of anecdotal stories that we've had on impacts that people have seen on their pets and themselves have been incredible. And we know that CBD interacts with our endocannabinoid system. We have receptors in our body that respond to the cannabinoids. And dogs, cats, and humans all have these systems in our bodies. I love hearing this story, Carly. And uh, as you were talking about it, I was on the website, which I love, headandheel.com. It is one of the most beautiful CBD websites I've ever seen, honestly. And I bring that up because Jason and I have both had a lot of experience with CBD. And so not only have we tried a lot of products and looked at the marketing and all of that, but I'm also sitting here thinking about how I still feel confused about it. And then I also saw that you sell CBG and CBN, which I have to my my awareness, very little knowledge on. <laughs> I actually got some to try recently and I was like, 
I don't know what this is. Like, I don't know when do I take CBD versus CBG versus CBN. I don't know what if it's just like the abbreviation that is confusing. Uh, we've talked about this on, on a number of episodes. We actually did one mostly around CBD, which we'll link to for anyone who wants to go back to it. But honestly, <laughs> I still feel confused. And I, I've seen, you know, the interchanging of words like hemp oil and CBD and people just get confused. And I think this is part of the reason that people are hesitant, even though it's been around. I feel like a lot of people trust it now, but they are not sure how effective it is. And when you tell the story of this dog, it's so compelling because as Jason said, I have a dog and I've actually started giving her your product, the CBD oil for small dogs, which the packaging, going back to your branding, the website's not only amazing, but the the, uh, product packaging. And for anyone who's listening to the audio, we have the YouTube channel so you can see the visuals. And I've been giving Evie your product, but I still find myself hesitating and wondering things like, how often, when do I give it to her? If it's, you know, it's made a subtle difference in my life when I take CBD as a human. And I'm willing for that. I really believe in it, but it doesn't have to like be super strong for me to continue taking it. But I wonder with my dog, you know, she does, she hasn't had any major health challenges. So it's often subtle, I think, in a healthy body. And I'm curious if that's typically true. Like, you know, you hear people getting major relief, but let's just say you want it from a a maintenance for you and your animals. So I'm curious about that. And also I'm still learning how to get myself in the routine with giving it to my dog. And I think when I, it is a subtle effect, I wonder, oh, I can skip today, you know, or, oh, it doesn't matter what time I give it to her or, oh, I can give it, go a month without using it. So I'm curious more of like, How do you get people to understand the long-term benefits and how to use it and work it into their life so that they can achieve those long-term effects? Yeah. So I believe that taking CBD every day is really important. Building it up in your system is extremely important and in your pet system. So for me, it's all about making sure it fits into our routine. It doesn't really matter what time of day as long as you remember to do it. And there is literally no difference between our human product and our pet product. They're both certified organic. They're both made with the same exact ingredients. One just has cute packaging with animals on it. And so for me, honestly, the easiest thing to do, I take our 600 milligram, which is uh, our purple bottle. It's the same as our medium dog CBD. And so I literally put a dropper or two droppers, actually, my dog is 75 pounds. So I give him two droppers of this on his food. And then out of the same bottle, as I'm doing that, I put it under my tongue. And because I have to feed my dog every morning, I have to take care of him. It kind of forces me into this routine to also then take care of myself because it's so easy to let these self-care routines go. So that's really how I I build it into my life. And I think that, yeah, you can be like, oh, I feel good today. But what we hear over and over from our customers is sometimes they don't realize that the CBD is working for them until they run out, 
until there's nothing left in the bottle. And then they stop for a week or two weeks and their symptoms start coming back. Symptoms of pain or their anxiety, you know, panic attacks, sleeplessness. So it's really like I tell people you should really try it for 30 days. Take it consistently for 30 days. I wouldn't say stop taking it after those 30 days, but give it an entire 30-day trial before making a judgment on whether or not or not it works for you. CBD has been shown to have like immunity properties to it and, and creating homeostasis within your body, within our endocannabinoid systems. So some people do take it as like just an everyday wellness supplement, but CBD is not cheap. So for me, like it is not just an everyday wellness supplement for me. It is a crucial part of my self-care routine. And if you're really invested in that, and for me, I really struggle with depression, really severe anxiety and panic attacks. And so for me, like I depend on this. It is my medicine. I came off of Xanax and onto CBD And for me, you know, Xanax was really giving me a foggy head. I felt like I couldn't really think right. It had some negative side effects that I just, I just did not want to continue to be on it. But I had such severe panic and anxiety. I knew I needed something. And actually, when we started the business, it was because my business partner got Lyme disease. I had no idea what CBD was. <laughs> when we started the business, I remember the first two weeks that he was talking about it. I was like, you're going to get us arrested. We're going to get taken out of here in handcuffs. Like, what are you talking about? Because we were growing vegetables. We still do grow a lot of vegetables. But so it's been a, a you know a big learning journey for me. But I've been now taking it consistently for three years. And it has become a really important part of my my wellness, and especially with dealing with the anxiety and depression. I just want to acknowledge and, and share my appreciation for you going into your story, Carly, because, you know, the thing is, each one of us, I think, silently struggle, at least I, I certainly did for years with clinical depression and suicidal ideation until I finally realized, okay, I, I need to address this. We've talked a lot about depression, suicide, anxiety, stress here on the podcast, and I am really glad you brought this up. To dig in a little bit deeper to to your journey and the inspiration for starting this company, you mentioned being on pharmaceuticals to manage your mental health. I talk to a lot of people about this, Whitney and I both do, and what I see is a lot of resistance from certain people to get away from pharmaceuticals or or perhaps create a bridge, if you will, from being on SSRIs and perhaps slowly weaning oneself off and then going toward more natural solutions. I'm curious, in in your journey, was this something that was a slow, gradual process of you weaning yourself off of the SSRI and then investigating more natural solutions? And what was that like for you? Like, What was your body going through? And also, I think this is really important, how did you know it was time to finally just focus on CBD and the more natural solutions and not go back to the SSRIs and the Xanax. Like, if you don't mind sharing a few more details about that, because I know we have some people that might be resistant to doing the kind of experiment you did, even though it was successful for you. So it's actually good timing because I'm in in the middle of this experiment. I actually am still on antidepressants. So in 2019, actually just a few months into starting the business, I 
dove into the darkest depression of my life. I didn't leave my house for nine months. I was having severe panic attacks that I wasn't safe, even though everything was totally fine. My anxiety and panic actually comes up in actually vomiting daily. It's one of the first warning signs for me that I'm getting overwhelmed and anxious. And I was suicidal. And I ended up admitting myself to the hospital multiple times because I was so scared of what was going to happen. But I was I was hopeless. I remember saying I didn't want to be here anymore. I didn't want to live anymore. There was nothing for me. And we had we had started the business already. I think I was in such a, after we did our first round of fundraising, I went into a full panic mode because I've never run a company. I've never been a CEO before. And I was just like, I can't do this. Like, I'm never going to get these people their money back. And it's like our friends, our family, you know, I think I just really crumbled under the pressure of it all. And so I did go on antidepressants. I've been on multiple antidepressants throughout my life, but it took a lot of time, first of all, to find the right one. And then it took a very long time to find the right dose. And I remember I was on my antidepressant for months before I talked to my psychiatrist and said, this is not working. And we decided to double my dose. And that was really when it started turning around for me. So I believe that my antidepressant saved my life and my psychiatrist and my therapist. I'm so grateful for them. Only recently have I decided to start weaning off of my antidepressant. And it has been really, really tough. Antidepressant that I'm on is extremely sedating. I feel like within 20 minutes of taking, I feel like I've been hit by a truck. I have a very hard time waking up in the mornings. And my boyfriend has always thought that I'm just not a morning person. I've been trying to explain to him that <laughs> this medicine is so sedating. So my biggest fear when starting to wean off of my medication was that I wasn't going to be able to sleep. And I talked to my psychiatrist about that. I was like, what, you know, what should I do? I asked her if it would be okay to supplement with CBN. And she said, yeah, go ahead and try that. So the first week weaning off my medication, I was just like, let's just see how it is without the CBN. Let's just see if I can sleep. I did not sleep that entire week. It was really, really rough. The withdrawal symptoms of coming off of an antidepressant, this one especially, are really intense. If I don't take my medicine for one night, my body starts shaking. I can't sleep. It's really severe, which is one of the reasons I want to come off of it is the withdrawal symptoms. So a week into reducing my dose, I decided to start taking CBN, which Whitney, you asked about this, like, what's the difference? There's CBD, there's CBG, there's CBN. There are hundreds of cannabinoids found within the hemp plant. THC is one of those and is the one that's in marijuana that's responsible for making us high. But there's other cannabinoids like CBG and CBN, and each of these cannabinoids have their own unique effects. It definitely still needs research on what each of these does. But from our experience and our customers' experience, CBN is sedating. It is the sleepy part of cannabis. And actually, if you've ever smoked old weed, CBN is responsible for what gets you high because CBN is actually degraded THC. So when THC is exposed to air and heat over long periods of time, it converts to CBN. 
So CBN or cannabinol is the sleepy sedative cannabinoid. So I started taking 10 milligrams of CBN a night. And the first night was the first time that I actually fell asleep. I woke up at like three in the morning, but I actually like fell asleep and slept for a few hours. And then the next day I was like, all right, well, that kind of worked. Why don't I double my dose? So I went up to 20 milligrams of CBN and I slept through the night and I've been using our CBN to help me wean off of my medication. And I'm also taking CBD. So you can take... I've been taking CBD the whole time that I've been on antidepressants. You can take them at the same time. I use it as a support. I am hopeful that I will be able to fully come off of my antidepressants, but it's definitely a journey. You know, I had a real wake up call on Tuesday. I woke up and literally threw up, which is what was happening when I was in my, you know, deepest state of depression. I was throwing up every single morning. And I know that that is my first warning sign. That is my my body's first way of telling me, you are not okay. You are overwhelmed. You are burnt out. And I told myself and my therapist, if I start throwing up, everything has to stop. Like, Work has to stop. Life has to stop. I have to take care of myself. So I haven't been able to do that as a CEO of a company yet this week. But um, I am looking forward with Memorial Day weekend. We should have some time to rest. And I also just talked to my psychiatrist about, okay, this is happening. This is scary. I don't want to get sick again. I don't want to go into that dark place again. You know, what can we do here? So it's all, I think, you know, it's really important, one, to work with a professional, especially if you are on an antidepressant or any kind of pharmaceutical medication. You should be working alongside your therapist and your psychiatrist to make a plan and be open to changing that plan. You know, for me, it means slowing down weaning off of the antidepressant which is a bummer. You know, I really like, I don't know, I just really don't want to be on it anymore. But it's also like, you know, these things take time and your body needs to adjust. And I do find that the CBN is helping me now sleep at night with the lower dose. And maybe I just need to start increasing my CBD intake instead of staying at, at the dose that I was at before. Maybe I should start taking more and maybe that will help. It would also, you know, just help to <laughs> not have such a crazy uh, company in life. But I love what I love what I do, and I'm very passionate about what I do. So it's hard to slow down. But I just think it's really important, you know, to to work with somebody as you're making those changes, and it's definitely a journey. I'm so glad that you shared that, Carly, because it reminds me of when I experimented with taking antidepressants. I was struggling a lot with my mental health in college and and felt so helpless and alone during that time and panicked too. I've experienced panic attacks off and on. It's not something that's very frequent for me. I've experienced a lot of anxiety, but at the time, anxiety wasn't really spoken about that openly, even depression. And so that was part of what made it really confusing and lonely but I got referred to a psychiatrist because I was uh, struggling with disordered eating. And I mean, I'm, I'm so grateful. I don't, I don't even remember who it was that referred me and how I got there. <laughs> like I remember acknowledging that I had a problem and tell, telling my doctor, they first sent me to a nutritionist and 
the nutritionist, maybe that was the person that referred me because they recognized it wasn't that I didn't know. And I think this is such an important thing too, is most of us or many of us are definitely people in the health world. Obviously our health is a huge priority, right? And I think this is part of your story too, Carly. It's like, even when you have the tools, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily like working for you. You need that professional support. And so, yeah, I knew a lot about food and like what foods were nutrition versus weren't aren't. That wasn't the problem. It was a deeper rooted issue that a psychiatrist really helped me with. But because I was feeling like I just wanted it to end as quickly as possible, that discomfort. And especially, I think I was only a freshman in college. Like, I mean, I was just so young and inexperienced and I was panicked because those emotions were so deep. Like a lot of what you're describing, Carly, I think is is something that a lot of people experience, which is like, could be trouble sleeping, could be trouble concentrating, could be just feeling so sad. And it becomes incredibly frustrating when you're trying to go about your life. It's almost like you have two different parts of yourself. And I don't experience that as extreme now, fortunately, but I do have days where I feel like there's like different parts of me operating at the same time. Like when you're describing the fatigue, I actually had that experience this past week, like just like a day where I nothing was working, like the fatigue was so strong and it wasn't about lack of sleep. And I could just, I was downing caffeine, like nothing was waking me up. And I was so frustrated because all I wanted to do was work. Like I truly wanted to work. Like you're describing too with running a business. And I remember this at school and college, like wanting to be there, wanting to do these things, but feeling so confused because there was a part of me that wasn't able to move forward because of all those tough emotions. So I went on antidepressants. I took well Wellbutrin, which was prescribed to me by my psychiatrist. And I remember what the other thing that I identify with in your story, Carly, is like, I had this awareness, even back then with my limited long-term wellness knowledge, I didn't want to be taking antidepressants. Like kind of what Jason was saying too, which led into this is, is like, there was a part of me that's like, this just isn't the avenue I want to take. There's nothing wrong with it. I didn't feel shame in taking it. It was that I really wanted to find a natural solution. And I wish that I had had, or I wish the world at that time was more accepting as it is now about cannabinoids, because there was such limited discussion that I was finding as a college student about natural remedies. And I started taking St. John's wort. That was like the popular thing back then. <laughs> and I remember too, Carly, that fear. I wanted to get off the antidepressants on one level, but on another level, I was so afraid to go off. And I remember like some of my last experiences, like deciding not to take the pills and like trying something different and just praying that it would work. And fortunately for me, I didn't have severe depression or, or to my knowledge, an anxiety disorder, I think actually it was mostly just a more of a mental health, not a, like a chemical imbalance or anything. I don't think, but even then, like I was still left with unknowns. And I think your story is also showing how much progress we've made, how many resources available, but also like how 
like you have a comfort level to talk about these really tough times, Carly. And I want to acknowledge you for that and how strong you are as a person to share that in a public setting, but also the ripple effect that has on other people, myself included, reflecting on the past and the present and thinking, wow, like, look at these options that we have now and look at how far we've come in acknowledging these mental health struggles. And Jason, did I see you kind of tearing up at one point? Like you seem to have like a physical reaction. And I'm curious what was going through your head as Carly was sharing that. I just, I know what that feeling is like in my own way. Like you and I, obviously, Carly, or or the three of us, you know, have lived very, very different lives with different backgrounds. But that feeling of, that feeling of not wanting to be here anymore, that feeling of, in some ways, feeling like my body is betraying me. These are hard, hard, hard things to deal with. And I think that I was getting emotional, Carly, just hearing your story because it's, it's deeply, deeply relatable. And there are days I still feel that way. You know, I think, I think one of the challenges of this process of experimenting with our bodies and trying different things is there are some days where I will have, you know, like manic episodes and genuinely feel very, very deeply suicidal still to this day, even with all the work I'm doing, psychotherapy, somatic experiencing, going back into past trauma, taking things like your CBD, experimenting with different, you know, things to boost my neurotransmitters. It's like, there's an element of, I don't even know how to describe this. Like, it's not a quick fix. And I think we live in a culture that is obsessed with quick fix. And when we're talking about what you experienced, Carly, Whitney, you've experienced, I've experienced, this is not a quick fix conversation. It's a conversation that is painful, that's scary, that's sometimes very confusing, that's frustrating. And then other days where we have breakthroughs and we feel great. And I just think I'm emotional because it's all very, very relatable. And I'm also emotional because I still struggle. I'm not like out of the deep water, right? And, And I think at the beginning of my mental health journey, when I was diagnosed with clinical depression, I had an idea that if I just checked off all the boxes, right, I'm going to work out every day. I'm going to meditate every day. I'm going to get a psychotherapist and get a somatic healer and, and take my supplements and blah, 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 that I would be cured of depression. And my framework, my cosmology around it, and I'm curious how you feel about it, Carly, is I'm not trying to cure it. I'm trying to manage it and understand it and realize that every day is going to be a little bit different. And I'm curious, like on on maybe a more of a spiritual or mental level around this, like what's your attitude around your process? So much in what you both just said, said that I can relate with. First of all, you know, Whitney, you're talking about how you got to your therapist. If you're listening and you have a friend who is depressed, I feel so lucky that my best friend recognized what was happening with me. She reached out to me and she said, I really think you need to see a therapist. Can I help you find one? And can we call one together? If she hadn't held my hand and done that, I never would have taken that step 
by myself. I was already in such a bad place. I couldn't even, my brain just stopped working. I couldn't even do the work to figure out how to get to a therapist. So I just am so grateful that I had a friend who could do that for me. And I know people always feel really helpless when they have a friend or a family who's going through something like this. So if you're listening and you have a friend or a family member, make an offer, hold their hand, help them get the help that they need. And as far as like we've come so far with this, I mean, I went to Cornell University undergrad. We had, it was a lot of pressure there. I remember going to therapy there. We actually had the student health center nurses and and pharmacists come out to our farm, tour our hemp fields, and are now using our CBD in their health practices in the student health center with their students as a first line of defense against depression and anxiety, which I think just says so much to how far we've come that never would have happened when I was a student. So, you know, we are seeing clinical doctors, you know, start to accept this. And, you know, for me, I remember while I was depressed, I felt this doesn't make any sense. I have everything I want in life. I just started a business that I'm so excited about with a business partner that I trust. I have a loving boyfriend. I have an amazing dog. I have this great house. There's nothing wrong. There was literally nothing wrong. And like you said, Jason, like your body's betraying you. It was like what was happening in reality did not match the way that I was feeling. And I felt so hopeless and so alone in it. I felt like I was the only person in the world who had ever felt this way before and that nobody else was depressed. And I remember, you know, when I'd be on Facebook and somebody would post their own story, their own experience about what they had gone through. And while those stories were so sad, it made me feel like I wasn't alone. And they weren't even necessarily like it might have been somebody that I went to college with, but I don't even really talk to. You know, I never really talked to somebody that was not even a good friend of mine, but at least I felt like I wasn't alone, that other people were feeling this, that other people were struggling. Because when you're in it, you just feel like you're the only one in the world who feels that way. And so now being, you know, mostly on the other side of it, although I know that I will deal with depression for the rest of my life because I'm just prone to it. And it's about, as you said, Jason, managing it more than it is curing it. Like, I feel like now I'm I'm sitting here, I have this company, I'm happy, I feel great. Now I feel a responsibility to share my story because a lot of those stories that people were posting on their social media came at a point where I was ready to take my life. I had tied a rope around my neck that day. I had spent all of the hours that I was awake thinking about putting, throwing my body in front of a car in the road in front of my house. And the only thing that was preventing me from doing that was just not leaving my bed. Like I truly believed that if I got out of my bed, I would end my life. And that was a really scary feeling. So I think, you know, the shared experience is so important. Social media, we only see the happy side of social media. Even my social media, you know, you go dark on social media when you fall into a depression. At least I did. There are maybe two pictures from that entire year of me. And even in those pictures, I am smiling. But it might have been the only two times that year that I was ever smiling. And if you didn't know me, you would have no idea what was going on with me. And I just think that it's time that we break that perfection 
that we share real stories, that we share real experiences, because all that perfection on social media, it just hurts other people. No one's life is perfect. And it just doesn't show reality. So for me, you know, it was really about sharing my story so important. I really feel like if one person hears this or one person reads my story and it helps them on their journey to feeling better that I have done my job in this world. And I absolutely think it's about managing your symptoms rather than curing them. And my therapist has really helped me to figure out how I can do that. One of the things that has become very apparent is that my depression is triggered by the seasons. I live in upstate New York in Ithaca. We have a long, dark, gray, cold winter. And it was it is in the winters when I usually take my spiral do my spiral into darkness. And a lot of people here do. I think a lot of people suffer from seasonal affective disorder. It often goes undiagnosed. People are just like, you know, I don't know. I just don't feel good. But if you feel like a totally different person in the sunshine, like when that sun comes out and you're in the best mood ever and that sun goes away and you're not, you're being heavily affected by weather. And I am very sensitive to it. So one of the things my therapist really helped me as far as a management tactic was that I need to leave in the winter. I need to leave Ithaca, whether it's going to, you know, just to get into some sunshine, whether that's for two weeks or one month or whatever it is, I have to make that happen. And not only do I have to make that happen, I need to have that trip booked For me, it's like by the end of August or September so that I have something to look forward to so that I know that I get to escape this freezing, cold, frigid, awful winter and that I get to go somewhere with sunshine. And I got to do that for the first time in 2020. My boyfriend and I went to Costa Rica and it was unbelievable what having just having that trip planned on the books made me so much more hopeful through that season uh, this year, we because of COVID, we decided to just road trip it down to Austin, Texas for a month, and we got to escape. And luckily, this new world of uh, remote working allows for a lot of us uh, to do that. Or, you know, even if it's just four days in the sunshine, take a long weekend, go down and get to the beach. All those things have really helped me, and my therapist has helped me understand when to start doing those. I also now started using a happy lamp, a sun lamp, which I have right next to me. It gives you good zoom lighting too. (laughs) But the sun lamp is something I know that like at the equinox, you know, as or daylight savings when we set our clocks, what is it? Fall, fall forward, whatever. I can never remember what it is. But that's usually when I start, you know, with my happy lamp. I sometimes I start increasing my CBD dosage going into the winter. These are all things for managing our symptoms, but it doesn't mean that they're going to fully go away. And it doesn't mean that I might not be in a dark place again. The The thing about depression, and I feel like I have like chronic depression, I've been depressed multiple times throughout my life and I've recovered and survived multiple times, but the more times that you experience it, you become more resilient and you start hopefully believing in yourself that you will get through it next time. Although when you're in that dark place, it's hard to believe that it's ever going to get better. But the more times I feel like the more times you experience it and the more times you get better, the more times you're like, all right, things are going to get bad again, but 
things are also going to get better again. And I think that that's really just something that you have to live through. It's just like life experience. No one can teach you that because how many people tell you when you're depressed, like, oh, it's going to get better. You're going to get better. Everything's going to be okay. Your brain does not allow you to really, truly believe that. So until you've really lived through it, it's hard to accept that. Yeah, you talk about resilience, Carly, and and it brings up a question that I'm curious about. It's like, do you find it was scarier, your first battle with depression, versus now, you know, your multiple battles in, so to speak, right, which I can also relate to. And it feels like I think for at least me, the, f- the first round was the scariest because it was so unfamiliar. And it's not that the nuances don't change or necessarily maybe the triggers that bring on an episode for me, but I'm curious for you, when you talk about resilience, is it now, as you said, you know, w- when you vomit or have a physical reaction, A, you know when it's coming on and then you can manage your self-care or, or adjust that dial a little bit. But do you find it's Again, like less scary now because you know what's coming as opposed to like the first time you experienced it. No, I would say the last time into the 2019 episode was by far my worst episode, my scariest episode, the closest I was to taking my life for sure. And even though I had survived, I would say two other pretty bad periods of depression, it got it was scarier this time because I felt like the two other ones were triggered by certain events, whereas this one just made no sense to me. I had everything in the world that I had always wanted and was still feeling this way. So it was definitely scary. Now being on the other side of it, being able to look back, I feel like maybe next time will hopefully be a little bit easier. For me, though, One, I'm still working with my therapist to reflect on, hey, you know, you got better. Let's pay attention to this. Let's mark this. I even on like really good days, I'll record a video message to my future self uh, because I, I know that we will all deal with grief and depression in our lives. Sad things happen. And I know that I have a lot of hard things ahead of us. Everyone does. So to give myself those like to really record a video of myself, of my face being like, hey, future Carly, this is you in a good state of mind. Everything is good right now. I know you're feeling really depressed. I know you're feeling hopeless, but like you've been through this before and you've got this and you're going to get better. For me, having those video reminders, I'm hoping will be a part of what I call my arsenal and helping me get through a potential future episode of depression. But I wouldn't say it gets less scary. I definitely get more life skills. And I feel like I have these tools in my toolkit with my therapist, my, you know, my trips, my CBD, my exercise, all the things I'm doing for wellness. I feel more prepared for it now, but I'm not sure it's ever going to get any easier. I wanted to ask you something, Carly, about this spirit of experimentation, because you mentioned that. And Whitney and I are big proponents of making as many experiments as possible because we're we're going through life. Our physical needs change. Our mental needs change. Certainly, if I reflect on you know my needs at age 44 versus 34 versus 24, they're different, right? What my body needs right now to thrive is, is different in my mid-40s. Being that as it is, with head and heel, I have noticed something really interesting. Whitney and I have tried 
I don't even know how many CBD products it's, we have, we've had, we've been blessed and privileged through the natural products expo and meeting different entrepreneurs and, and brand owners to have tried a, a metric crap ton of CBD. Pro- I mean, we've tried a ton. When we talk about experimenting with dosages and trying different products, I have tried many of them and not really felt anything, not a palpable difference, nothing discernible. I just, you know, okay, there's, there's no difference in my pain. There's no difference in whatever. And I, I'm with yours. Okay. As an example, with some of the other CBDs on the market, I would literally do like, I don't even know, five, six dropperfuls and not feel anything. With yours, I actually did an experiment where I tried that same amount and it was almost like not too much, but I almost, I, how do I even describe this feeling? Yours is so much more potent than the others I've tried. And I'm two questions here. Curious why that is. You know, does the organic certification and the full spectrum formulation, the way you guys process and harvest have something to do with the potency? And also, because I did the same dosage that I would do with other products, I remember I was driving and it hit me and I was kind of like, oh, that might be too much for my body. So I've actually scaled it down to half as much, right? Where now I think I'm taking like maybe four. 40 milligrams, whereas I was doing like 80 or 100. And 80 or 100, again, not a dangerous, I wasn't high, but my state was altered. I don't know, it's kind of like feeling like I was in a bath. Like I'm driving and I'm like, I shouldn't feel like I'm in a bathtub while I'm driving. That might not be a good idea, feeling kind of sudsy and loose. So many questions in there. A, what's it? What's the difference that that clearly for my body makes yours so much more potent? And what's going on in my body when I take that high of a dosage? Because I'm not high, but I feel altered. Yeah. Okay. Great questions. So first of all, you're not the first one to say that. We get, we've gotten hundreds of reviews saying, I've tried five other brands of CBD and none of them ever worked for me, but this one did. And we thought that was like a fluke when we got like one or two of them, but we keep getting reviews like that. Like I see them every single week. So... Yes, what we do at Head and Heel is definitely very unique. I definitely encourage anyone listening to go to our website and take our farm tour because we show you exactly how we make our products to demystify it. I think there's so much kind of mystery around CBD. It's like, what is it and where did it come from? But in reality, it's just from a plant, you know, from the hemp plant. And some of the unique things we do at Head & Heal that most other companies don't is one, we hand harvest our plants, which means we cut every single plant by hand. We trialed in our first year in 2018, our first year growing, we decided we wanted to try hand cutting plants versus a mechanical harvester. So you literally take a corn combine, which is this crazy looking machine that comes in and chops all the plants down and grinds them and then puts them into a truck. So we tried these methods side by side, hand harvesting versus the combine. Combine, you could harvest a two acre field in half an hour. With hand harvesting, a two acre field would take about three to five days for a team working full time of about five to six people to harvest. So Clearly, very different labor costs in both of these methods. But when we did test the combine harvested hemp versus the hand harvested hemp, we had lost, first of all, 
all of the terpenes. Uh, terpenes are what is responsible for the smell and taste of, of hemp and many other plants. For example, linalool is a terpene. It's responsible for the smell of lavender. And linalool is a terpene that's found in hemp, along with many other. There's a lot of them. So terpenes have their own medicinal properties and are very important. So we lost all the terpenes when we mechanically harvested, and we also lost over 30% of the cannabinoid content in the plant. So we decided, even though the labor costs are way higher, that we were going to hand harvest every single plant. And then the other thing that we do, which is uh, crazy, is we hang, dry, and slowly cure every single plant. This is because when you combine harvest mechanically, you have to put that plant, that ground wet plant through a, an industrial dryer and basically heat, blow hot air onto the plant, which also burns off the cannabinoids and terpenes. They're very volatile. So the process of machine harvesting and then going through a, an industrial dryer basically destroys your crop. And actually, it was like the flavor was so disgusting from the stuff that went through the dryer versus the stuff that came from our slowly cured plants. It was like night and day. It was really wild. We didn't really expect it to have such a difference, but I kind of liken it to like like good wine. You need good grapes to make good wine. You need high quality hemp to make a good hemp oil. And so our process is all about preserving cannabinoids and terpenes as much as possible. We've actually cross compared our products to like some of the top companies out there and we kick their butts on uh, cannabinoid and terpene content. So that's part of, I think, why our products work when others don't. The other thing that you mentioned about taking 80 to 100 milligrams. So our products are true full spectrum hemp. And there's so much verbiage in this hemp world of what things mean and so much confusion. Full spectrum hemp means that the product contains THC, which is what gets you high. So you might be a little bit high, but it is within the United States, the legal limit in a CBD product is 0.3% THC, which is a very, very low amount. A normal cannabis flower, marijuana flower, is at least 12% uh, THC to get you high. So we're not even at 0.3%. We're not even close to that. But in our 2400, if you're taking 80 milligrams of full spectrum CBD, you're also getting three milligrams of THC in that dose. A gummy, usually, you know, in a legal state, an average gummy is about five milligrams of THC. So you're going to feel something with the three milligrams of THC. You're not going to be impaired. You are safe to drive, but you're definitely going to feel something. And THC and CBD actually work synergistically together. They're actually really important to have together to have a more effective product. And so we like really believe in full spectrum. We were one of the first companies to take the methodology that we do and that we think that having THC in the product is extremely important. Sometimes when you look at companies, for example, that say that their products are full spectrum and then you go and look at that company's lab results on their website, I have seen this, there's no THC in the product. 
there's actually no other cannabinoids in the product. So a lot of it is just misleading marketing. Because CBD is currently completely unregulated by the FDA, by any government, people can do whatever the heck they want, say what they want, label as they want. So if you are a conscious consumer of CBD, first of all, you should always be looking for lab results. We have videos about how to understand lab results and how to read those lab results, but you should be looking for lab results. Every single product, every single batch should be tested. So it's not just one lab result for the whole company, which we've seen that before too. You should make sure that it matches the lot number on your bottle and you should check the CBD percentage. You should check the cannabinoid percentage. You should look into what terpenes are in the product. And every single batch is going to be a little bit different because just like wine, every harvest is different. Every season is different. Sometimes we get more rain, sometimes less rain, sometimes the plant you know, will produce higher amounts of different cannabinoids. So every batch is different. It's kind of like a different vintage every time we harvest or do an extraction. So it's important to look at those lab results and understand what's in it. And for us, the most important thing is one, that the potency on the bottle actually matches the potency on the lab result. So you're actually paying for what you're getting because it is expensive. And two, that there are minor cannabinoids like THC, And three, that there are terpenes. A lot of companies don't even test for terpenes, but terpenes have medicinal properties. And so you should look for companies that test for terpene content. That's a phenomenal rundown. And and now I realize that I must be an unbelievable lightweight. If I am feeling like I need to like, you know, be in a bubble bath at three milligrams of THC. So now thank you, Carly, for confirming I am a lightweight. Already knew that, but now we know for sure. (laughs) I also sometimes feel that way when I take 80 milligrams. I often, I do feel it. So you're not, you're not a total lightweight, but some people are are absolutely more sensitive. You know, when my co-founder takes 80 milligrams of CBD with the three milligrams of THC, like he's very sensitive, but he's just like, I, he's like, I can't focus. I can't work. So that's why you really have to dial it in. And people are always asking us like, well, what's the right dose and how much should I take? They want it to be like Tylenol where it's like, all right, take two every 30 minutes or it's not that often, but whatever. Take two as needed throughout the day. Everyone is different. Everyone's endocannabinoid system responds differently. And it doesn't matter your age, sex, race weight, it doesn't matter. We just all respond to it differently. And so people aren't so used to like their doctors telling them like, oh, well, you just have to listen to your body. Like, what does that even mean? You know, you have to self-reflect. We're trying to build some tools to help people do that, but you really have to dial in your dose. And we recommend starting with a low dose. You know, the average adult does take about 40 milligrams of CBD. Uh, When we survey our customers, that's where usually people are happy. But if you have a sensitive system, you know, starting with 10 or 20 milligrams might be the right place to start and then working your way up as needed. So usually we tell people start at 10 or 20, do that for a week. If you're not feeling the relief that you're looking for, increase by, you know, double, double the dose until you're feeling where you're at. So you really have to like spend the first month really trying to dial it in. And then we have like, you're right, there's all these different bottles. There's all these different options. How do we know where to start? So usually we start people like on the the purple bottle, which is the 20 milligrams of CBD per dose. But once you know, oh, 40 milligrams is my dose, you can jump up to our bottle that it's 40 milligrams per dropper. So, and as you jump up, you get 
it's a little bit cheaper because you're kind of like buying in bulk. So the cost per milligram of CBD goes down. For those of you listening, we are going to do a promotion for you all. If you go to headandheel.com slash wellevator, we're going to do a one month free trial of our 600 milligram oil. So that's a full month. You take a dropper of 20 milligrams per day for a month. So it's a free month. You just pay shipping. Uh, so just go to headandheel.com slash wellevator and you you can try out our 600 milligram oil. I hope a lot of listeners take advantage of that because uh, we're just massive, massive fans of it. And just to clarify, it's H-E-A-L. For any of you listeners out there, it's H-E-A-D-A-N-D-H-E-A-L, head and heal, like healing the body, slash Wellevator, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R. And that's just so incredibly generous of you, Carly. I know that our listeners are very discerning and we're always very mindful and selective of what we recommend. And, you know, one of our ethoses, ethi, what is the plural of ethoses? I'll have to look that up. I, let's just say it's ethoses for this point, but ethi sounds kind of cool. One of our ethi or ethoses is we only recommend things that we're using in our daily lives, you know, and it's refreshing to know that someone like you, who's, who's a sponsor, and we're so grateful for your sponsorship of this episode and supporting this might get uncomfortable is we also get to proselytize and preach our love for your company, right? It's not just like, yeah, we're bringing Carly on because she's some rando from, you know, northern New York State with this CBD brand. We're like, no, we've tried it. It works on the bulldog. It works on the cats. It works on the sensitive guy. It works on, I don't know, Whitney, this, this is an interesting, like, when you take it, do you find that you are super sensitive as well? Do you find, like, what what kind of dosage do you do? Because I mentioned like mine 80 to 100 is like, yeah, it's party time. Do you find that you're also super sensitive or do you find that you can rock a higher dose and you're fine? Well, I'll be transparent that I, I have not tried head and heel on myself yet because the way things work with this might get uncomfortable is Jason and I divvy up products. So I got the products for Evie and that's what I've been using it for. But now just hearing all of this and looking through, I didn't even realize how many products that you made. One thing I wanted to point out is that you have that quiz on there. And I feel like I want to go through and take this. And I love just how you phrase it to help people navigate this, which, you know, going back to something we've said multiple times and, and, People that are interested in taking CBD, CBG, or CBN and feeling confused, but also like unsure, I love that you have this routine. So I'm going to go through this myself, but I've been giving it to Evie regularly and monitoring it. But in terms of, of my experience, I'm very similar to Jason in that A, I'm a lightweight, especially when it comes to THC, and B, that most CBD products I've taken have not had a strong effect on me. And that could have been the product or to your point, Carly, maybe I just haven't gotten the dosage right. But also knowing now, like you've explained so well, the full spectrum, I've known that full spectrum is exists, but also it tends to have some indication on the quality. And I've certainly found that the products that are made with as much intention as you've put in, which I think is such a rare combination, Carly, your organic full spectrum, you're showing the transparency about how things are made. Like there are very few companies that I can list off that go through that process of transparency with their customers 
which is, you know, just, I get naturally drawn to it. And there are so many brands as CBD has become so trendy. I think that's part of the disservice actually is because there's so many products out there. People will typically, if they're brand new to something, try something that's cheap or they'll try something that somebody recommends. But I think because it's been so hard for a lot of people to understand most people probably don't know someone that can really recommend it. (laughs) And so then the average person just goes out and buys some random product off the shelf that maybe was advertised to them really well, or, you know, was inexpensive. And then if it's, if it's a not high quality, but B, they don't take the right dosage, they don't feel anything. And they think, up. I'm not going to bother with CBD. Or I think a lot of people see the price point of high quality CBD and go, ooh, like that's too expensive. But, you know, that's that's one of the reasons I think your trial offer is so incredibly generous, Carly, because it's really true that with something like this, you have to try it. And I think for a lot of people being concerned about price, myself included, you know, like I'm very passionate about this, but I certainly get caught up in the price point when it comes to buying it. And a lot of the CBD that I've tried has been products that I've been given um, by brands, which to Jason's point, I'm privileged in that. But because of that, I've also had a lot of bad CBD products. And even for me, that gets me thinking sometimes or feeling hesitant, I should say. So that's my long-winded answer in terms of my experience. Right now, I'm actually experimenting with a combination of CBD and melatonin for sleep. And I'm curious how you feel about that, Carly, because I'm like also, especially when it comes to melatonin, which I've seen a number of, of CBD products positioned with for sleep specifically. I feel like unsure. Like I find myself going, mm, I don't know if I want to be taking melatonin or I should be, but I'm like curious about it. So I'm trying it out. And with what you've shared about CBN, I'm recognizing A, I'm very ignorant about that. I had no idea that that's what CB, CBN is really great for. But B, I, it makes me wonder like why so many brands still position CBD as a sleep product versus CBN. So we uh, did a survey last year of all of our customers and over 60% of them said that they were taking CBD for insomnia and said that it had very much improved their sleep. They were either sleeping through the night for the first time, getting to sleep, or what was the last one? It's just like staying asleep longer. So I do think that CBD does absolutely, from our customers' feedback, help them get to sleep and stay asleep. But also in that survey, our customers indicated that they wanted a specific formulation for sleep. They wanted CBD plus other herbs. And that's what really took us down this path of researching, well, should we add melatonin to our products or some other sleep aid? And when we started researching, that's when we started really understanding the value of CBN. And we kind of take a purist approach because I think cannabinoids are really powerful and a lot of people already have their supplement routines and so they can choose to mix things if they want. But it was already so so hard to explain what CBD is and what dose to take. And now CBN, we're like, why? 
even add more confusion with melatonin. But what we've seen now that we launched, we launched our CBN product in September. So it's pretty new. It's one of our newest products. It very quickly became our top selling product. And when we did a recent survey, over 75% of our customers said that it had improved their sleep taking CBN. So first of all, CBD doesn't work for everyone. Not everyone responds to it. I think let's be honest about that. We had 25% of people say it didn't. But 75% saying that they got better sleep was pretty amazing to me. And now that we're getting the reviews coming in, a lot of people are saying, I used to take melatonin. It left me groggy in the morning. I did not like that. But now that I'm taking CBN, I'm getting to sleep, staying asleep, and I can wake up in the morning without the grogginess. So I think a lot of companies add melatonin to their products so that they can legally make health claims or legally make claims about sleep on their packaging. That's really a lot of the motivation behind adding other herbs. But we are purists and we just want it to be straight. So our our CBN product does have our full spectrum CBD extract in it. And then we add CBN isolate, which is basically just just CBN, that just that cannabinoid. So we're basically spiking our full spectrum CBD oil and adding uh, CBN to it to give it an extra sedative effect. So you're still taking CBD, which clearly was helping our customers with sleep and just adding an extra sleepy agent to it to make it even more powerful. All right. Got it. I've got a lot of clarity in CBN now, which I'm really excited to, to intentionally take that for sleep. Do you recommend taking it right before you go to bed? Is that part of, is there like a certain time period to take it? I would say about 30 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes before bed. Definitely be winding down. You know, it also make sure you have healthy before bed practices, which I do not practice what I preach, <laughs> but, but, you know, maybe put your phone away, you know, do something that doesn't have a screen, read a book, whatever it takes you to relax at night, you know, brush your teeth, make it a part of that routine, but definitely take it, you know, when you're getting ready for bed, don't take it like before dinner or in the morning. It is sedating. Okay. And then what about CBG? Because I don't think we've touched upon that yet. And I'm also unclear about when and why I should take that. Yeah. CBG is really interesting. It's really exciting because CBG is called the mother cannabinoid. Actually, all other cannabinoids come from CBG. So CBG is like, if you can imagine it at the top of the tree, and then THC, CBD, CBN, they all come from CBG. So it's the mother cannabinoid, and the plant actually naturally creates it. So it's a little bit different from CBN. Since CBN is just is degraded THC. The plant actually naturally produces CBG just like it naturally produces CBD. And actually in our crop, we have specific plants that are CBG plants. So just like you would have a plant that grows a yellow squash and a plant that grows a green squash, these are bred to have different characteristics. And not until recently did a crop that was a majority CBG was recently bred. And so we were one of the first growers to be able to grow that last summer, which is why you haven't heard of it and why it's not really out there too much, because there's 
only so many seeds of this plant that has been not genetically modified, but naturally bred to create CBG. And actually, I don't know exactly how they did this. We do have a whole webinar with our seed breeders who are geniuses in their own right. But they somehow stopped the plant from going through what they call a puberty stage that makes it convert into the other cannabinoids. Anyways, CBG, though, from what we have found, and this is from our own experience, there is no clinical research on this, but CBG is energizing, we find. I always call it like liquid Adderall, uh, but it's, it's better than Adderall, like always, I don't know, you try in college to like crash study or pull an all-nighter, and I always felt like shit from that. But to me, it's more of a mental clarity, sustained focus, call it like a calm focus. So it quiets down your brain and your tasks. I mean, like when I have a task list in front of me, my task list is never ending. It will never end. It's very overwhelming. And there are some days where the things that you have to do are just like, you just don't want to do them. You know, you're just like, oh, like this work, I just, I don't even know how I'm going to get through it. So what we have found and what of our what our customers have repeated back to us is that CBG has helped them get through those tough work days. For me, especially with anxiety, coffee uh, sometimes makes my anxiety worse, especially if I have too much. You get those heart palpitations and you don't feel good and you're like, get the coffee sweats. So for me, like I still drink coffee in the morning because I love coffee. I tried to cut it out of my routine, but I failed. I need my coffee. But my co-founder and I used to go get coffee every afternoon And that's like maybe a little bit too much. So what I have done instead of coffee or I'll get a decaf coffee and then I'll try, I'll take the CBG and then I have focus and energy, but without like all the jitters. So that has also, we launched CBG at the same time that we launched our CBN and has also become one of our top sellers. And we've had some really incredible feedback on that one as well. So worth a try if like you're an anxious person, you have panic attacks, anxiety, but you need an energy, a natural energy source. CBG has been really, really interesting for that. Well, this sounds right up my alley, Carly. I, I mean, you just got me excited about cannabinoids on a level that I didn't know existed. <laughs> I hope, I hope our listeners are feeling the same way too. And and again, I'm so excited for you to give the the special trial, which is slash wellevator Correct. And we'll have that link in our show notes. So if you look in the description of this episode on your podcast player, you can find the link or you can go to our website, wellevator.com and click on the podcast section and you'll find the transcript. You'll find uh, the video version of this. If you're just listening to audio, you'll find everything there, including this link to do this trial. And wow, I mean, nobody has explained CBG to me. And it sounds like the perfect thing. And and this ties back into what I said earlier about how important it is to talk about these things openly because, you know, they're confusing, but there's also just not enough people diving in. And Carly, I'm just so impressed with your knowledge and passion for this and your transparency, not just as a company, but as a human being about where you're at in life. And it's so much more relatable and it draws me in because you don't sound like someone who's got it all figured out and is perfect. Like that can be so intimidating. 
But the fact that you're still in the midst of figuring this out yourself, it draws me in to want to go along the journey with you because I feel like we're at a similar level. And I'm just so grateful for that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, you know, we, for me, it's really important to be transparent about my journey. And we have like a private Facebook group that you can find through our website where I am literally updating people like about what's going on with my antidepressants and the CBN, the CBD, what my dose is, which can be taxing sometimes. Like sometimes it's really personal and you don't feel like sharing. But I also know that my story, again, is helping people. And not only am I in that group sharing, we have a thousand people in that group sharing their own experiences with CBD, uh, asking questions questions, finding answers, sharing research. We're also new to this and there's such limited research out there because you know this this uh, plant has been stigmatized for so long, but the research is coming, which is really exciting. And we're hearing new things every day. There's new research every day. So we have a community where we can share that and people can share their stories. I think a lot of people are very skeptical about CBD just because of its meteoric rise and it got really trendy and it was in everything. I mean, Bed Bath & Beyond was selling CBD-infused memory foam pillows at one point, which was – there was CBD-infused clothing. Like, there was so much ridiculous stuff at the height of, like, the CBD trend. But in reality, what it comes down to is that, you know, people use our products – every single day. They've come to rely on our products. And when our customers, you know, we're so willing to do this free trial for you guys because when our customers buy from us, they really don't buy once. We're starting to see 10 orders, 20 orders, 30 orders. People, we have a subscription on our website. So when you do get this offer, you'll be getting your first delivery of a subscription free, just so you know. But you have a subscription that you can choose every two weeks, four weeks, eight weeks, and have this delivered to you monthly because each bottle lasts about a month or whatever frequency you decide. But people really use this product it becomes a part of their life. It becomes something that they're using routinely. And we believe in our product so much that we're like, yeah, hell yeah, we'll give it away. Like try it once. Like if you're skeptical and you don't want to drop the $45 to try it, like this is your chance to give it, give it a test. We believe in it that much that we're like, try it for a month and see how you feel. And if you feel better, we know that you'll come back because a large majority of our customers do come back for a second, third, 10th bottle. And it becomes something that's really important in the routines. And when you dial in your dose, I mean, your your dose is less than a cup of coffee a day if you're buying coffee. You know, it's $1.50 or $2 a day for a dose. It even gets cheaper as you go up in, in potency. But like to me, I ask myself, like, is it really, is it worth it to not feel anxious for $2 a day? I mean, when I was depressed and having those panic attacks, I would have done anything, anything to feel better. And the fact that our customers, you know, maybe they're not feeling 100% better, but to have some relief is worth it, is worth it for them. And they tell us that over and over again. So 
you know, this is a good opportunity for the skeptics out there to try it. If you're still skeptical, you can go on our website and read over a thousand five-star reviews from our customers. And if you're even more skeptical after that, you can join our Facebook group and interact with our community. We do education every single month. We do live. So there's a lot of stuff in there where we deep dive into these topics about CDN, CDG. I did a, a live about seasonal de- affective disorder. So you can find us in the Facebook group. You can find us on YouTube. We are just making a ton of content because like you said, Whitney, like nobody's really talking about this in depth. And there's a lot, we have a heavy lift on education since our government has prevented us from doing (laughs) any of this for so long. There's just a long way to go. And we're just in the infancy of this industry, which is so exciting. There's so much to be discovered. Carly, as we approach the finish line of this episode, I have one very last important question for you. Can you cook with it? So one of our best customers here in Binghamton is actually a diner that makes CBD cupcakes. However, so CBD does burn off. I don't remember what temperature it is. I'd have to look at it. They actually put the CBD in the frosting. Since you're not making the frosting, right? You're not baking the frosting. Uh, So that's their way of getting CBD into the cupcake. So I would not recommend necessarily putting it like putting it over heat as you can cook off the cannabinoids and terpenes, but you can definitely like add it to a smoothie or add it to food. I mean, people definitely, you know, make pot brownies and they, they cook with it. You can, it's not the most effective way to take it, (laughs) but it can be fun to, to mess around in the kitchen. You can make yourself some gummies. You can experiment. But we usually recommend like the most effective way to take CBD is right under your tongue. Hold it for a few seconds. You absorb it sublingually. And that's how you're going to get the most bang for your buck and really feel an effect. When you're ingesting it in an edible, for example, in a brownie, It's then going into your digestive system, into your stomach, where you're not absorbing it as quickly. It's being broken down by your stomach acid. So you're really just like kind of wasting it a little bit. So (laughs) I don't necessarily recommend baking with it. If you can, if you don't mind the taste, it definitely tastes like hemp. It tastes like cannabis, earthy, grassy, however you want to say it. I would take it under the tongue. And if that is too much for you, we do have soft gels. You can take it in a capsule form. And that's also a, a really good way to take it. I appreciate that. And also appreciate you making me really hungry for cupcakes right now. Now I'm kind of <laughs> obsessing. And and also, this does bring up a really cool business idea. My mom, Susan, who lives in Detroit, is an incredible baker. And I kind of feel like I, I want to get a, a bottle of your CBD and be like, Mom, you know what to do, because she's an incredible baker. So thank you for the inspiration. And the inspiration in general with everything you shared today, you bringing your personal story and coloring what motivated you to start Head and Heal and why you keep going with this. It's deeply moving on an emotional level. And I know our listeners have deeply connected with you, Carly, because so many people who follow this might get uncomfortable are dancing with depression, mental health issues. And I feel like everything you're doing with Head and Heal is such a tremendous gesture of allyship. Yes, obviously, you're an entrepreneur running a business, busting your buns as a CEO, But on a higher level, I feel like this is a deep level of allyship in supporting people with their health journey. And that's what we're all about. And just can't extend enough gratitude for everything you shared today, the education, the background, your personal story. This was just 
such a deep, lush, rewarding episode with you. And to the listener out there, again, if you are really vibing with our beautiful sponsor, Carly of Head & Heel, we do have that great offer for you. Again, it's at Head & Heel, H-E-A-D-A-N-D-H-E-A-L slash Wellevator, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. Get your bottle of Head & Heel CBD. You just pay for the shipping. And you're going to have an amazing bubbly bath experience like I did. It's an incredibly high vibe product. I can't recommend it enough for myself, for the fur babies, and also Carly. Our listeners know I've been recovering from a motorcycle accident for five months. And the lavender scented lotion that I have been using has been a godsend for my recovery from surgery. So again, headandheel.com slash wellevator. Sorry, too many dot coms in there. Uh, headandheel.com slash Wellevator. And you can just experience their incredible products. So Carly, it's it's been an absolute pleasure sharing your knowledge, your story, your wisdom. And again, that website and everything to find Head and Heal, including their Facebook group, their social media, will be in the show notes at wellevator.com. Everything you need to get yourself on this beautiful CBD train with Head and Heal. Carly, thank you so, so much for spending time with us today. Thanks so much for having me, guys. This was truly a full circle moment. I really never thought I would be sitting in this chair today. And for those of you listening who are struggling with depression, you know, I've been there. I thought that there was no hope. I thought there was no light at the end of the tunnel and I made it through and I'm on the other side now. And I am so glad that I am and I can sit here and really hope that you hear me that if you're feeling in the hopeless darkness that I felt that things will get better. There is hope and you will make it through. Reach out for help. Ask for help. Get the help that you need and explore your options when it comes to therapy, if it's pharmaceuticals, if it's CBD, find a way out. It can be extremely frustrating to go through all of that, but it's worth it. And I'm so happy that I chose to stay here on this planet. And I'm so thankful every day and grateful for the experience that I get to have building this company, uh, providing my community with jobs. And I'm here to you know, say that I survived and I can share my story with all of you. So Jason and Whitney, thanks so much for having me on and giving me the opportunity to do this. Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com.